Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode 190. Uh, continuing our inevitable march to 200. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Continually dunked upon by the Harlem Globetrotters, family master, David McBurney. Uh, continually something or other, Michael Baker, Gaiji Munokatari. <laughs> this, is, this is the weirdest way to apply it, to be a Washington general. <laughs> Uh, yes, I have been humiliated by the Harlem Globetrotters on a regular basis. Hey, listen, I'm terrible at basketball, so if somebody wants me to to, to pay me to play poorly, you know, I'm all for to it. Get clowned upon. Yeah. Oh, except it's one of those situations where you know that in order to be performing that badly, they have to be really, really good at the game. It's true. Oh, it's true. It's true. One of my favorite things I've ever read on Wikipedia was the story of like one of the few times that the Washington Generals actually won. I've complained about wow. this. I've talked about this before. And I'm going to talk about it again because it's incredible because they just described it as uh, the crowd reacting like they had just shot Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> uh, but no, that seems like a good a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. I doubt I could. <laughs> oh, I could not. Absolutely not. I don't, I can't. You have to at least give the appearance of being an actual basketball player. I can't pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at this point, I'm not even convinced I could be on the Washington Generals of Dark Souls 3. What are, what are the Globetrotters in Dark Souls 3? Uh, whoever can play that the game. The Abyss Watchers? I guess. Uh, also me, apparently? Yes. Let me tell you about that secret boss. It's very, very hard. Uh, I, I just suck at that game, I guess. Something about it just don't click. After ever after all the the garbage I've spewed on this podcast, for me to admit that I'm better at Bloodborne than Dark Souls Three is saying incredible. Yes, wow. like so. Are you still fighting the big spider? Yes. So segueing into what I've been playing, I've been playing a lot of Souls now that I've just tossed Demon Souls to the bin because I don't feel like dealing with its crap anymore. Um. I've been trying to finish the two big whales, um, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, and have been having more success in Bloodborne. Uh, <laughs> you, you pointed out a good... You gave me a link to uh, a thing that showed good places to grind for souls. Not souls, whatever the hell they call it in that game. Blood vials. Blood vials. And blood echoes. Yeah. So I did that to uh, uh, level up a bunch enough to use... Uh, what is Ludwig's Holy Sword, which unfortunately is not as good as my uh, threaded cane yet. It almost is, and it's only plus two, while the cane is plus six. So that's it's also like it, at the very least fulfills a very different niche than the cane, right? Which is part of the reason I favored it in my playthrough. Uh, but yeah, I leveled up a bit there. I. Uh, I need to go do the whole thing and get a bunch of blood vials at some point. Um, uh, but, you know, I did beat a boss, the, what's the Blood Starved Beast or whatever, by yeah, blood beast summoning, summoning help. 
some dude with a giant wheel showed up, killed the boss in about three hits, and I was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a sign sent from something. Yes. As I remember... A big I, wheel came and helped wheels. Yeah, because I remember you had suggested Lugwood's Holy Blade before, so I had gone to try and fight this boss that you have to beat to, to get it before, and just gotten, like, wrecked. So that was nice. But yeah, I'm stuck on a stupid spider that is really not that hard. And it, it's just a matter of not dying from spell attacks. So um, it, it's nice to be in a position in that game where it feels like, you know, it's just getting getting timing right and everything rather than feeling like you just suck. <laughs> like I currently do in Dark Souls 3. With the stupid abyss, abyss watchers, where I can get to the the second part of the battle, where you fight a guy with a flaming sword, and then the last time I tried it, I did not deal a single point of damage to him before he murdered me with his flaming sword. Yeah, I wish is... I could give you decent advice on that. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it gets a tough fight, but like it's it's not like something like. There, there are many reasons that the very bad meme of the only advice people get, giving you is get good in Souls games have come to be. But part of it is also that a lot of times the answer is very difficult to explain and often isn't cognizant in your conscious mind. Right. And also... I got good at figuring out where to move. <laughs> and also being this is an RPG, lots of people can have lots of different builds and mm -hmm. yeah, different, different play styles and whatnot. So... Uh, it seems like a difficult boss for a magic type because uh, I can't seem to stay far enough away from him. I can't create this the distance necessary for that approach. So I it's, just... a, it's a fairly enclosed arena. Yeah, like there are there are places that you can get far enough from the enemy to do things, but there's also like uneven ground that you have to keep track of. So my thought right now is probably I just have to go do other things and level up and enough to use the ice sword I picked up off of some monster on the way there. So might just have to do that. And also I need, I'm currently in search of the spell vendor, which is obviously also important for my build. So I'll probably do that. Uh, I have also been playing Dark Souls 1 and 2 and have been mostly destroying it. Because <laughs> uh, 1, at this point, I know like the back of my hand, and 2, um, I don't know, uh, a 2, I think, has a is a bit easier in general. So, hmm. especially as a <laughs> wizard. Uh well, that that and one thing I noticed about two, which is interesting, and you know maybe this is true for a lot of the games, and I just don't look carefully enough for it. But every time I've hit a boss where like I'm struggling a bit here, it's I look around, it's like oh, there's a there's a like an NPC you can summon here for this fight, and it make kind of makes it a bit easier. Yeah, it usually just matters like you need to work out where they are. A lot of times there's unlock conditions for them too, which yeah. doesn't help. I don't know if there's any of those in three, are there? What? Uh, like NPC bots? Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of them. Are there any for the Abyss Watchers? <laughs> I think so. 
I'm gonna have to look that up. That's what I'll try. Uh, maybe Google. See, I've, I've been doing all of those. Uh, Dark Souls has mostly just been I don't have a wizard character on the Switch version, so I'm gonna do my typical easy mode wizard playthrough. Which is, uh, man, it's pretty darn easy. The only boss I've had trouble with so far is, uh, what, what's this? The, the ones in Norlando that are often a stomach block. So you're going to be never... real unhappy here for a second. Uh-oh. There are four NPC possible summons. Are you serious? Watchers. You can summon Sirius of the Sunless Realms after <sighs> speaking to her for the second time in the Firelink Shrine. Her summon sign appears to the left of the entrance to the boss room. You can summon Londor Paleshade if you have five dark sigils from Yoel of Londor and are on good terms with Yuria uh, of Londor. You can summon Blackhand Go- uh, Gothard you can summon Yellowfinger Hazel if you have defeated her invasion and given one pale tongue to Rosaria. So yeah, there's a lot of NPC summons. And honestly, I probably only need one. <laughs> They're always to there. They're just the not check. easy to find most of the time. <sighs> like, there were two ways that, that could have made you unhappy. If the, if there. If there were none, or if there were a ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of almost wish there were just none. <laughs> just you'd feel less foolish right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you were saying before I interrupted. Uh, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah. That's fine. I forgot. Uh, oh, at Dark Souls 1, the. Oh, yeah. Smug you were doing and What's his name? Uh, Smoog and Ornstein? Yeah, those two. Not an easy fight. Uh, there is a summon for that. The only problem is you kind of have to clear out the space. You have to clear out everything before you can yeah. just take the summon. Which I'm finding particularly annoying at the moment. But I'll figure that out. Smoog was one of the, Ornstein and Smoog was one of the ones that almost made me summon help. But I've, I kept to it. I have never summoned help in a... Souls game, except for one time in Dark Souls 3 that I did it solely to fulfill an NPC quest. Because it's like an end game thing that, like, one of their goals uh, is one of the boss fights. Okay. And then the, and then the nerd just fucking died in the middle of the fight fairly early <laughs> on. So that was fun. Uh, he didn't come back. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's kind of needed a lot of times for a wizard character, depending on what you're fighting, because you need uh, something to distract while you sit there and cast things. Right. Some some bosses are just really difficult to create the kind of distance you need, and you know you just kind of have to do that. Although I just I just got a magic spear, so I can actually fight close range now. Oh, nice. At least you have something yeah, to do. Got the, uh, uh, that butterfly. I forget what it's. The Moonlight Butterfly. Moonlight Butterfly, like Trident or something? It's a horn. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a spear. It's a spear. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, lots of souls, although there was a very important release here that I've, am playing live on stream now that I have played a little bit of, and that is the, uh, collection, collection of, of saga. saga. 
Collecting Final Fantasy one legend one, two, and the other one we don't talk about. Yes. It's so a collection of two games. <laughs> uh I'm playing the original because I know this game uh way too well. So it, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna blow through it pretty quick and then play two. So uh what what party are you fielding then? Uh my traditional two two humans, two mutants, uh one male, one female of each. Oh, so not trying the, any of the monsters? No, I hate them. I'd never play monsters in one. <laughs> they just don't work that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there a way to reset this game? Uh, uh, probably. It doesn't look like it. Oh, wait, no. Wouldn't main title be resetting up? Mm. It's back to the main menu of the whole thing. Eh, close enough. Yeah, these are old RPGs, and sometimes you just run into a... oh An encounter not worth having. Did you forget to save? I swore that I saved, but it appears I did not, so... That's unfortunate. That's terrible. Anyway, it's a fine little collection. Seems uh, like it has speed up. It has... Uh, I think it's supposed to have some sort of, like... Uh, what you call it? Uh, it's supposed to have some sort of like quick save, like save state thing. I'm not sure how that works, but yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, you can, for some reason, you use your switch like a tablet. There are like little virtual buttons you can put on there, which this is meant to endear the game to the small children that have only played games that way. I don't know if they're planning on this coming out on tablets at some point? Probably eventually. That's all I can imagine. Yeah. But no, it's a fine collection of two games and some other thing. <laughs> Probably a game. We don't know. Frankly, we don't want to know. <laughs> it's a market we can do without. Um, but yeah. Uh, Just give us the DS remakes in a collection... Yes, please. They've hinted and at the I desire to do that, that eventually. So. Yeah, I know Coz has made comments about how it is currently not technically feasible and or something like that. And It'll hopefully happen. this hopefully this convinces him that there's a market. I'm just enjoying him uh, going on to the Saga 30th anniversary Twitter to talk about buying D and D fifth edition source books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was the video i tweeted to you at wheels right yeah yeah it's like yeah i knew he was a massive D nerd yes yeah i mean it like it's it's nice to hear him say it but i mean it was obvious yeah yeah i mean Mardius even looks kind of like crin <laughs> But, uh, what was it? but yeah, no, he was just like, someone was like saying, hey, you can get 5e source books. And he just like tweeted back at them in English. Yes, I'm going to buy them from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a very charming thing to see on my Twitter timeline. Uh, uh, yeah. So Souls games, what you're saying. And also Final Fantasy Legend 1 and 2. Yes. 
Lots, but currently just one. Lots of Souls games. I probably had something else to say. I don't remember what it was. Um, I think just I'm coming around a bit on Bloodborne. Uh, Starting to see that it has merits, even if it's not the game you want. <laughs> yes, especially like uh, atmospherically. Like. Um, oh yeah, it's heavyweight in that. I played it with headphones on. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, There's some places I wouldn't want to go in there with headphones on. Man, uh, I forget where I was, but I just kept hearing random noises that just seemed to be like background noise, and it was weird. <laughs> uh, I was expecting you just, just to say that it wasn't the background. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see, I uh, got kidnapped by an old god that was invisible. And ended up. Oh yeah, that's always great. You got some insight from that, I'd imagine. Yes, and ended up uh, in a college outside of somewhere called the. Oh God, what the hell is it called? The Nightmare Frontier. <laughs> I always appreciate that. I think it's right after you kill the Bloodstar Beast, a certain kind of enemy starts spawning in called. Uh, oh, what are they called? They're the. Uh, they're they're called like snatchers, although you wouldn't know that just from looking at them, obviously. But they're these awful long arm tall dudes that like have bags slung over their shoulder. But it's super dark; it's hard to tell what's going on. Oh god! And and then like if they kill you, they take you to they take you to a jail, basically. <laughs> like you don't go, you don't die in the traditional soul sense. You just get sent to an area you couldn't otherwise reach at that point in the game. Nice. Uh, called the Hy- the Hypogean Jail, but it's like a really old-timey spelling of jail. Uh, G-A-O-L? Yep. But, yeah, uh, that, that was always one of those like details. It's like, that's really neat that that's in there at all. Yeah. Uh, the the special, the like bonus areas in Bloodborne are some of my favorites in the franchise. I hope you'll uh, put yourself through Castle Kanehurst one day. Maybe. Um, I think I consider it mandatory because I consider you to not have completed the game until you have a Logarius wheel to call your own. I agree. Uh, but hey, I'm getting more the hang of my trusted thready ca- threaded cane, so we'll see. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, did, oh, one of my characters just got murdered. But I, <laughs> but I have the king sword, so it's all good. It's a sword that says King on it. Um, but yeah. Uh, We've blabbered on about what I've been playing forever. So what, do you so yeah, what have you been playing, Gaijin? Um, I have currently failed to actually progress any in Hero Bank. Eh, that happens. No, no, it's because there's just so much little random side stuff. Oh, so you've just been caught up in the bonus content. Yeah, uh, um, people will just mail the character challenges to me at a certain spot and um, basically tweet out a challenge and then you fight. Yeah. So he's gained like four levels past the last time we talked. No, six levels, sorry, six levels. And um, done a couple side quests and we still haven't taken the very easy walk down to the river to go to the next plot point. Well, I mean, that presumably means that you're enjoying it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's one of those where it's just kind of fun to play yeah i mean that's 
that's like uh that just makes everything else gravy like if it's just fun to mess around and then like everything else just makes it makes it better rather than having to cover up for a base deficiency yeah so hero bank uh basically i would imagine that was most of your playtime since your joy con is still uh out for repair i'd imagine <laughs> yeah i mean i got the confirmation email from nintendo two days ago that they received oh, it at least. Oh, that's something at least yeah other than that uh came across something on reddit mm-hmm. it was a uh, demo for a game called beckoned and that is it's a rather in- i mean it's on steam you can get the free um, the demo free and it's got a pretty good, interesting battle system. That's something. Yep. Let's see. Uh, maybe I'll give that a look later. Something. It sounds like you would at least recommend giving the demo a shot. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The uh, yeah got into a conversation on the Reddit thread, basically critiquing the overabundance of proper nouns in the prologue section narration. Because <laughs> uh, so, that was about so the only lot. thing I could really critique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good thing to be the only uh, complaint you got. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, to date this recording, as we record this, another demo of Bravely Default 2 happened uh, right this moment. Yay, question mark. Uh, I mean, I haven't tried the new demo yet. It's labeled the final demo by someone. I'll give it a shot. I mean, listen, it can't be worse than the first game. Are you trying? Are you trying to antagonize? I hate strawberry eggs. I have that very kind of worse than that, but I don't think I don't think Square would allow anything that um, worse than that to be published. Wow, it can't be worse than your average Breath of Fire. There you go. Wow, you're just you're just Hi. really going for the grand slam here. So, sorry, but no. I was going to say which Breath of Fire would you consider to be the generic one? Uh, all except, except for five. Quarter. Except for five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I actually threw on Breath of Fire one on the Switch uh, online thing, and I just it didn't hold my attention. Maybe I'll get back to it. I had much more success having super ghouls and ghosts hold my attention, though that also spiked my blood pressure. So, you know, mm-hmm. swings and roundabouts. That is still fun, though. I do appreciate the uh, profound, uh, arbitrary feeling difficulty, and then you realize how the game actually operates, and then it's still very arbitrary, but it is at the very least something you can account for. But also, I hate ghosts now, so. Mm. Previously, I was neutral on ghosts in general. Uh, ghouls still uh, still on the watch list. Um, but yeah. So obviously, I played a bit of that. Uh, downloading that Bravely Default 2 demo. I played Finish Out My Semester's Coursework. That's a fun uh, that's really that's a great ending to see if you haven't seen it. Um, let's see. Uh, and what else did I play? Uh, like a lot of this isn't RPGs because like 
while I was finishing out the semester, I needed things that I could play for like half an hour to an hour, and I play RPGs for five hours. So, uh, I I played I finished out the Spider-Man PS5 remaster. That that was fun. It's a good game. I love that. Well, I don't want to ruin the ending for anyone, so I won't actually say anything about it. It's uh, it's more emotionally gripping than you would expect out of a Spider-Man ending. I'll put it that way. It's more uh, emotionally gripping than most of the actual Spider-Man movies. Most of the Spider-Man movies, most of the Spider-Man comics. It's a, it's a very good Spider-Man story. Yeah. Um, and I played a bit of Miles Morales, which is also very good, and I've been appreciating the... Uh, care and attention that were was put into the more cartoony costumes you've got like the spider-verse costume you've got one from presumably a recent cartoon that i've just never seen and i tried looking it up and it's like oh that exists wouldn't have guessed that yeah that cartoon's not any good that's a shame (laughs) there's like 500 there's like 500 spider-man cartoons like i am always perpetually shocked at how many there are yeah and Mm -hmm. they're all bad except for uh Spectacular, yeah. I knew you were going to say that was the one from the Gargoyles, man. Um, yeah, that show is it not only excellent, but it it was that was that the one in the nineties? No, this was late aughts, I think. Yeah. Okay, then not the one I'm thinking of then. The nineties one was nice at the time. Uh, Terrible in retrospect. <laughs> Um, and each one also led into one of the weirdest ones, which is something. Did anyone here ever see Spider-Man Unlimited? No. no. It was essentially that Spider-Man got transported to an alien planet. Oh, fun. That sounds It's terrible. very strange. Is it as strange as Spider-Man? Uh, no, but at the same time, it's pretending to be more related to comic book Spider-Man, so it's, like, a different <laughs> kind of strange. Yeah. Like, Spider-Man is just like, we got the costume. That's enough. <laughs> Spider-Man is very entertaining, if you've never seen it. Uh, as, as 70s, like, tokusatsu shows go, it's got a real funky soundtrack, it's got some utterly wild choices for how to depict Spider-Man that would not ever happen again because Marvel would have some idea what they were doing. And uh, it's it's just generally like a fun, dumb show. Uh, the PS4 Spider-Man in the Japanese dub actually does reference it. <laughs> Specifically, it references one of the weirder lines uh, that I think shows up in uh like the theme song or something but it's like uh character is referring to him as uh spider-man as an emissary of hell uh which shows up yeah like i said i think it's in like one of the theme songs for japanese spider-man but there will be like Enemies in PS4 Spider-Man in the Japanese dub can refer to Spider-Man as, oh no, it's the Emissary of Hell. (laughs) That sounds like somebody on the localization team was a fan. I hope so. Everyone should be a fan. Uh, But yeah, very, very strange. Uh, Absolutely worth seeing. It was 
Uh, there was a period in the late aughts where it was streamable on Marvel's website, but I think it's long since been scrubbed. I'm sure. Uh, which is a real crying shame. Uh, not sure if it's legally available at all in English anymore. Mm, which is a shame. But yeah, that Spider-Man got his powers from aliens. Awesome. As, and, as you do. <laughs> who also gave him a big robot. So as they do, <laughs> good times. Uh, good times have basically they just got the costume and the name, and they were just like, "We'll just make up everything else." Uh, it's uh, it's it's fun. Recommended. Uh, as do I recommend the PS4 slash PS5 Spider Man and Miles Morales, both of which are quite fun. Uh, I've appreciated. I feel like the game does a lot with. Uh, the Miles Morales game does a lot with his like venom strike, uh, venom sting ability. Oh yeah, it's it's great, especially by it, the end of the game. You're doing all kinds of fun stuff. It's great. It adds a lot to the combat, I think, which yeah. is, uh, you know, good good work on their part, making that not feel superfluous. They really like uh, working it into other things. There's some nice additional little puzzly elements that didn't exist in the original, so. Uh, you know, top shelf work. Uh, so yeah, that's that's recommended. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been playing. And as far as like as in, in as much as it's worth recounting, I have a question. Yes. So, uh, how is Spider-Man's new face in the remaster? Deeply unsettling if you have seen the original. If you haven't, it's like, whatever. He looks exactly like he does in the Morales version. You know that. Yeah, I know. But he's not in Morales all that much, so it didn't... He's just there at the beginning, so you don't notice it much. It's like, oh, that's weird. You look weird. And then you stop thinking about it. But, yeah, no, it's... If you've never played it, it's not going to bother you, but... When you... If you have played the PS4 version, it's like, you look like they just sort of, like... I don't know, like they tried throw, shooting an aging ray at Tom Holland and seeing what happened. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing that exists, but if it did, it was used for that purpose. Uh, so yeah, that that can be real unsettling if you haven't seen it before. Speaking of Tom Holland, I forgot to talk about all the movie news last time. Oh, man. I was going to say, we sent so many different pictures back and forth on. I know. You guys, I had to scroll through so many damn images because you people (laughs) did this. (laughs) Uh, So, a little context. uh, And if you've been on the internet and follow like superhero movie news, you've probably seen a lot about the next Spider Man movie containing all the Spider Mans. Uh, So, we just started throwing random. Spider-Man gifts at each other for a while. It was fun. Oh, I was, it was the mo- like I woke up and looked at that and it was just like, what broke brain shit have I walked into? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have any idea how coherent that film is going to be. I don't. I. I. Really, I don't think they care. I. I respect the moonshot concept that they're going for. I. I, I think don't. somebody. I think somebody saw the reaction to Into the Spider-Verse and realized that this is actually feasible. They got jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because obviously they're doing a punch at the multiverse aspect and they want to link it back into Doctor Strange later. 
mean, Spider-Verse... Uh, Spider-Verse was already, like, kind of playing with this idea, but it was, like, also using the fact that it didn't have all the baggage of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I did appreciate that, like, the the Spider-Man that uh, original the Peter Parker that came from Mar- Miles Morales' universe is, like, a weird amalgamation Spider-Man of, like, the Ultimate Spider-Man comics and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. To the point where they have him do the dancing scene, except he's in the Spider-Man costume. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, what a what a wild ass! Oh man, I love that movie. Yeah, should watch that again. Uh, <laughs> I did after this news. <laughs> like I, I'm just saying, I should too. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it it's a, I'm not sure how that's going to turn out, but and uh, it'll be a lovely either a lovely thing to see or a lovely train wreck. It'll be an experience, regardless of what yeah. it becomes. I I mean, yeah. it, it could be a cool redemption for some of these characters too because like can uh, can andrew garfield spider-man get a better costume yeah um but hey we get doc ock back too yeah now he can be in a good movie maybe spider-man 2 is a good movie i uh, i will not concede this point doc ock made it a good movie (laughs) all right better one but what's the other uh but yeah, that does that does remind me that while playing Miles Morales, I came to I was reminded that I don't know the Miles specific rogues gallery that well, so yeah. that's been an experience to get into. Well, um, like the main villain of that is sort of based on old characters, but is mostly new. Are you talking about Krieger? Because he's like obviously one of them. No, not not Krieger. Um, uh, the Tinkerer. Oh, Tinker! I've read yes. that this character is like essentially just has the same name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mostly it's a new character. But, yeah, uh, uh, I I have seen like oh the Prowler's going to be in this. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's great. And yeah, he he's always an interesting connection for Miles to have. Yeah, but. and the the great thing about this game, like the first game, is they continue to build up their own version of the Spider-Man universe. It's allowed to have, like remix elements very yeah, freely. It, and it doesn't feel I feel like this game there's a good chance this game came across came about because of, you know, the popularity of Spider-Verse, but it doesn't feel like anything in there is coattails. Right. There's nothing in there that made me think, "Oh, you're just trying to make like your own version." of the miles from this. No, it, it still very much felt like its own thing. Hmm. And like, the thing that makes things that make superheroes reusable is their, the ability to bend them into different worlds and interpretations. Right. Yeah. And I mean, part of that is just, well, you know, he doesn't, his father is dead in this universe. We're not in spider verse. So that hmm. kind of creates a whole different family dynamic. Very different dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, but also he's got like uh, Genki in this one, and like more of his supporting yeah. cast in this one. Yeah, no, and uh, that makes me really excited for two, where I'm sure they're going to bring in Genki now because he's he really does a lot for like the flow of the story and everything. And 
he was he was one of the the things I really liked about uh, the original comic. Yeah, and I can see why Spider Verse cut him because there's so much going on with yeah. side characters that already. Yeah, he wouldn't. But I can he, see he wouldn't really have worked. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things like this interpretation has space for that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun with that. I've enjoyed them really uh, leaning into the Peter as mentor uh, yeah. role. <laughs> We're like, he's not actually there, but he's left all of these highly supportive holograms. Yes. <laughs> that are just really enthused that Miles is doing things and it's just like, you're doing great. It's, uh, it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been enjoying that. Uh, recommended uh, on PS4 or PS5, but I mean obviously, PS5 version is a little nicer. So if you can go for that, yeah. uh, not that many people can because video game consoles are hard to get sometimes. Uh, I have some I've uh, a coworker who's been trying to get a PS5 and coming oh, up Lord very me. empty. <laughs> Every single day I see like Wario sixty four tweeting out like the PS the PS Direct queue is open. Good luck. This week uh, today they're letting, they're like assigning things at random. So try signing in from everything to see if you get into a better spot. Like it's this, uh, this, is, this just seems very crazy to me. It is. Don't worry, it is. I think I mean, the idea is mostly to stop bots from getting all of them. But. I mean, I saw, I did a waiting list thing to get a DS back in the day, but still, this is... There were DSs already out, and they were, uh, like, you knew that they were good games. Uh, yeah. Well, I fired up three for some reason, and I think I'm already done with it. Which game? Oh, Legend 3? Why yeah. did you do that? Uh, just mild curiosity. Seeing if yeah. it felt any better sped up. Does not. No. <laughs> uh... So yeah, video games. Um, we play them sometimes. Maybe I'll have. I'll probably have a bunch more yakuza to talk about next week. So. Oh That'll yes, be... yakuza. I save. I saved a crawfish. <laughs> Important crawfish. So, uh, Got to save the crawfish. Yeah. Good old Nancy. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to have to figure out the PlayStation emulation on this computer so I can go through some of my old stuff. You got something in mind that you want to go back to? Oh, I just... Um, well, I've got a few items that I just kept from the last purge mm-hmm. just to hold on to. And I uh, came across a new one the other day that I had never seen before. Yeah. Called um, uh, it was Rune Nojoka, except the hmm. word Rune was written out as Seikon, so you you can find it under two different titles. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> from people who don't realize that who or people who didn't look at the back of the box and realize that the kanji on the front had a special pronunciation. <laughs> Oops, one moment. I need to save this game really fast. Before it disappears. Okay. 
Right. Hmm. I almost hmm. had batteries. There we go. Well, you're saved. No, yeah, saved. And don't continue. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure also between the plague and the usual loss of all my third year senior high classes in February or and or March. Um, I'm going to have a lot of free time coming up. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, should I try something with all these old PlayStation games? I'm going to have free time in the middle of the day with no children. Shall I ask Anne Maria if I could do a um, stream or something? Cause I have no idea if I can even do that. To, um, with, from a technological testing, standpoint, um, I'm just kind of curious. So let's like, let's see what we can do. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I'd be interested in watching those if you end up doing them. But, yeah. yeah, just because I've got some really odd ones here and there, and just like give an hour to each one and stream. And here's a game you might never have seen because it only came out in Japan. Here's a game that you might never have seen because I haven't seen it before this. <laughs> but, yeah, so. I think that hits everything that we've actively been playing. Also, the tangent on Spider Man, as we're so often prone to. Spider Man. Um, watch Spectacular Spider Man. Also, watch Spider Verse if you haven't somehow. Yeah. Uh, we uh, don't have any new questions from the Discord, so far as I can tell. Uh, Let me see. Really? thought we did or something. Uh, we, were invo- we were invited to examine Helltaker 3 and 4. Oh, Helltaker. Three four quarters of that game is a puzzle minigame, but the... F- Finds the last quarter where you make dialogue choices to convince demons to become your girlfriends. That does sound like a Japanese game of some description. Um, yeah. Uh, On a Berserk Alley card had three different oh, questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way up here. Okay. We can, From, we can uh, hit those, okay. and we've got a couple on episode 188 that we'll also hit. Okay. So, Berserk Alley card number one. What are your picks for relaxing RPGs? Uh, well, if we're calling it an RPG, one of the most relaxed games I've ever played that doesn't even go out of its way to earn that, other than just having a fairly calm atmosphere, is uh, Steambot Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Which I think might have had relaxing somewhere in its press material, but that seemed like it was more pointing out that it had a, it was a game of many facets and moods. Uh See, I know. If uh, I'm just saying, I want to re- do something. I'll just do Dandy Dungeon for a few levels and <laughs> chill out. That's a that's a good game to play to relax, but I wouldn't call it a relaxing game. Yeah, which I, I'm drawing a a weird distinction here <laughs> of like games that like I can play when I am ready to calm down versus games that will calm me down. <laughs> uh, also, I just want to bring up that Steambot Chronicles in Japan had the much longer, weirder title, Ponkotsu Roman Daikatsuki Bumpy Trot. Bless you. Bumpy Trot. I'm assuming that Roman here was short for romantic, as sometimes happens in Japanese. Uh, oh, it could also be like from the French word for novel. Possibly, possibly. And that game also had dating sim elements in it, so. 
<laughs> romantic might be what they meant. Uh, let's see. But yeah, Steamboat Chronicles is a weird, relaxing game that I spent a lot of time just street busking in, so that was something. Um, <laughs> let's see. I find uh, Breath of the Wild extremely relaxing. That game is very relaxing right up until it's very not relaxing, and it usually is <laughs> determined by proximity to a, it's usually determined by a proximity to a line owl. True. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I still remember the the collectible figurine for the what was it, the Guardian? Oh yeah. Yeah. Where the the thing came with um, as part of the set for the figurine, there was a clear screen that you could put in front of it with the words game over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, especially right at the beginning when you first wander into one, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Just, uh, <laughs> let me tell you about those things on uh, Hero Mode. <laughs> uh, games, uh, other things that I would play to relax, uh, like, that I that I find would calm me are... Games in the same, essentially the farming genre, I guess. But the kind of thing Story of Seasons is. I'm not sure if we have a specific, like, farm RPG is about the most I can say. Mm-hmm. But th- those can be nice and relaxing. Uh, as for other RPGs, I would play strictly because I find them relaxing, rather than I play games to relax in general. Uh not a lot coming up. Uh, there's usually, you know, g- games generally like to keep you excited or at least like drawn in on some level. Yeah. And uh, um, Nino Kuni had some of the most relaxing music. Mm. Music can be really good for this. Uh, yeah. And some of the Atelier games have been v- nice and relaxing. Especially since yeah. you have to go out of your way to get into the nasty battles on those. Koi Tecmo, can you put can you put the some of those games on sale so I can just finally grab one? I'm not I'm not even ready to fight you anymore. Like if it's if it's not the Dust Trilogy, I'd probably also grab Ryza just as well. But like no. can you can you just put them? No, I did not want to give meat to my mutant. God damn it. Oh, uh, what does that even do? Nothing. <laughs> You're just wasting your time. Yeah, no, I'm playing uh I'm playing two now, so Yeah, and you're having fun. Have a monster. Yeah, none of the not a single one on sale. That's a shame. I'm impressed. One day. One day someday. I will also once again register my disappointment that uh, the uh, sequel to Ryza does not contain the phrase secret hideout. It is secret, but it's not a hideout. Mm. Really? It's something, it's like Ryza 2 something in the secret fairy. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's the secret trilogy, but, or it's the Ryza trilogy, but at the same time. I want. I like the phrase "secret hideout." <laughs> Where rat oh, changed to fungus? Oh, what? <laughs> what have you done? Sorry. Apparently, uh, something he, terrible. He, he's got monsters on his party now. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Why did you? Oh, you actually 
got a mo- you you have one of everything, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Correct. So which um, is it? One or two? It's two. 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 Yeah. You have to double up at least once in one. Yeah. Yeah, for two. Yeah, don't even. I mean. Don't even bother feeding them anything until you get up to the rhinoceros. Oh, I'm just going to feed them everything I or the, get. Or that's, the wyvern. That's my You're goal. Just, <laughs> dehumanize <laughs> yourself and face to bloodshed. I, I'm just going to feed him everything I get. See? Spider meat. Let's see. Fungus changed to fly. Oh, that's the worst monster wow, in the is, game. This is just getting worse. <laughs> this is really just going, going bad places. Uh, <coughs> I regret nothing. It's the other thing I was going to say. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm also kind of a bad uh, person to ask about relaxing games because uh, at the end of the semester I was playing Devil May Cry 5 to relax. And that is. I find the game... first Dark Souls pretty relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> it's always weird when it's like, well, this is very stressful, but in a way that I can control. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I was, I was just like between like rounds of going over a document. I was, uh, I was re, uh, I was just playing through Virgil mode in Devil May Cry Five and just absolutely stomping enemies. I felt very good about myself, which probably helped. Nice. <laughs> it's like, oh, every every fight can end with smoke and sexy tr- style if you try hard enough. I need to give that game a try. Yeah, you do. I you need to do it on stream where I can yell at you for yes. not being good enough. <laughs> well, it was it's okay. Good. The the regular the base normal mode is actually pretty easy by Devil May Cry standards. I was probably going to do something of that, but uh, my copy from GameStop, which was supposed to arrive, has that still not arrived? No, it did. It was oh, supposed to arrive on release day, and instead it re- arrived nine days after release day. Oops. <laughs> after I called customer service multiple times to try and figure out what was Asking going on. what on earth has happened. Yes. Because it wasn't just that you know it took that long. It was I got a tracking number the day I placed the order and watched as it sat in waiting for carrier pickup for an entire week. You know, uh, I've just I've just determined that me ordering anything online is just cursed. I'm just cursed because mm-hmm. uh, weird stuff continues to happen whenever I order, like literally anything online. Living uh, in a cave. <laughs> Maybe it's the conspiracy. Uh, you say the conspiracy. Uh, yeah, a conspiracy to what? <laughs> Confuse me. There, I mean, there, that's not. You're missing the point of a conspiracy. There is no point. No, that's true. It's it's the conspiracy. If you could understand the point of the conspiracy, then it wouldn't be working properly. Touche. Yep. Okay. Anyway, Berserk Alley card number two. Let's see what we got here. Any RPGs with really nice user interface and menus. Persona really five. like. Uh, Really like the ones in Persona Five. Yeah, those are stylish and great every time. Never got tired of them in yeah. approximately two hundred hours of having played both the vanilla and the royal version. 
Yeah, uh, the more recent Atlas games have all had pretty good or really interesting ones. Uh, I honestly think that uh, Yakuza 7 is better than I'd have expected. Um, no, it's very, very nice. Yeah. Drawing at least a little bit from that in terms of how it's laid out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I've, I mean, like, obviously I have to deal with interesting user interface all the time just because I can't necessarily read it all. Um, but, you know, I've found that, for example, Hero Bank here has a pretty good user interface. Mm. Um, I mean, it's mostly touch controlled still, for, even for battles, which is not nearly as poorly implemented as you would think. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy to find everything. Almost everything's got icons and labels. Which is good. Very good. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, in, in expanding on this question, Berserk Alucard uh, contextualized it in a way that is probably also worth looking at. Uh, mm-hmm. Default had very polished systems. I know you aren't big fans, but the menus and presentation was very nice in the first game. For me, Bravely Default 2 demo on Switch had pretty terrible UI. Uh, I would hope that the new demo uh, ends up more to your standards, uh, but and when this question was asked, no one knew that demo was happening. Uh, let's see. Uh, badly designed color and contrast to the menu in battles. Uh, they have red text popping up against backgrounds. I find hard to see. Actually, that leads me to colorblind mode. I'm an optometrist and have a slight red color deficiency and find it something that's poorly understood and implemented in games. Yeah, I've seen a lot of games that have uh, a generic colorblind mode. I'm not the audience for it. I don't know what how well any given game actually implements them. And I saw a pretty good um, image comparing the like this one particular puzzle in Among Us in like eight different colorblind modes. Yeah, having a bunch of colorblind modes, I feel like it's generally uh, feels like a that, better understanding of what's going to happen, what is necessary here. <laughs> that and associating like um, geometric shapes with the things as well as colors. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's... useful. Uh, so, let's see. Let's see. On the other hand, the opposite issue, um, I, I still remember one of the things I had to note about Final Fantasy Thirteen when I wrote the impression was that I literally could not read the text. Yeah, that was really not bad. Because it was in Japanese. Yeah, that was really bad in that particular era, this, like, assumption that... I don't, I don't know what was going on with, like, text display during the first like four so or so years large of, TVs with HD. Yeah, like you you needed like a large HD TV to read freaking anything and it was awful. Uh ask me about playing Dead Rising on a CRT. Oh um, I mean that's not too far from what I was doing, but yeah, still. Yeah, that's but that's also a game where you there's basically no text that you're allowed to sit down and actually read. Um because it's the entire game's on a clock and also you're probably being hounded by a zombie at that point but yeah not not fun don't do that um the text display it it took it took a bizarre amount of time for uh, one thing i have noticed that i've been appreciating the past uh the past little while is that now you're playing among us um (laughs) (laughs) it was mentioned it was like five dollars on Switch. I was tempted by it. Uh, it's 
You should get it. I was going to say, you can't really play that one very well without having a conversation. So it's probably not the best thing to be playing during a podcast, dude. Oh, no, it's fine. If you could play with randos like Wheels is doing right now. Uh, Just kill them all. No, no, he's not an imposter. Good to know. Am I? No, because your name's not in red. Okay, fine. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I could pick that up. We could play a few games and have a bit of fun. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, one thing I have noticed that I've been appreciating is it seems like it's becoming more standard for games to have multiple presets for size of uh, subtitles. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen also more places having the option to select like this is still not standard it should be it's not uh but i'm seeing it more like games with options to change the color of the subtitles and change the color of the subtitle backgrounds very very useful very important i was gonna say games in the famicom super famicom era would usually let you change the backgrounds for the text yeah but a lot of times the way like a lot of voice acted games like to do it is that they don't want you to uh they they don't want the subtitle they wanted the subtitles to by default blend in so they would by default not have any background on the subtitles hmm. like the subtitles yeah. might be might have some sort of like bolding going on but otherwise like they could often uh, blend subtitles not text boxes okay yeah subtitles rather than text boxes uh, and let's see i'm trying to think of other instances of but yeah, like this this really should be the sort of thing that like becomes standard enough that it should be part of the certification process of at the very least, like you need subtitles and you need the ability to change their size. Uh, which can be hard to implement in something that you haven't already decided how you're intending to implement it, but at the same time, uh, if you tell someone that in order to pass certification this needs to be possible, maybe they'll do it at the start. Uh Mm-hmm. And make sure that that's possible right from the start. Recommended idea. Um, but yeah. Um, trying to think of games with particularly readable UIs uh, in addition to ones that are just stylish. Uh, uh, Berserk Alucard brought up uh, FF12 Zodiac Age for very clean slightly modern ui looks great but always found a little bit not fitting with the world i always feel like that whenever i see a game get that i know well get a ui update and nowadays most of the time that means it looks like it's supposed to be on a phone which (laughs) is always depressing uh thinking a lot oh rip wheels um uh you got murdered yes yeah but there's always a lot of uh, when I when I play like a uh, modern game with a DUI, it's usually a mobile game. And now I'm just thinking about like when I played uh, FF9 on Switch, and it was like, oh, this new ma- new UI is awful to look at if you are not using a phone. <laughs> like on a phone, it's not great to look at on a phone, but on a phone, it's kind of necessary for all these like menu options to be gigantic because they need to be finger sized and they just left those as is for the switch version. Not recommended. No. Uh, 
But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I can't think of a lot that are going above and beyond the Call of Duty in terms of, uh, or at least getting to the point where I'd want them to be in terms of like subtitling and all uh, closed captioning options and all that. But baby steps, we're better than where we used to be. I remember talking to a friend who was uh, hard of hearing like 08 I want to say and they like asked me to transcribe the opening cutscene of a game because for some godforsaken reason the way that it had been put together was that you could turn on subtitles but not until after the opening cutscene so I had to so I went in and (coughs) watched the opening cutscene like three or four times to transcribe the opening for them wow why why are you like this? So, yeah. Don't be like that. <laughs> Should be better than this. But, yeah. So that's, uh... That's a thought I think about sometimes. I was going to say. It's fine. We can can move on since we don't seem to have a further... uh, This next question we'll probably have a very quick and visceral answer to before we get into a discussion. Oh, man. Uh, Can't wait to hear it. Third Berserk Alucard question, and thank you for these questions, by the way. Uh, Is more content always a good thing? No. Um... (laughs) Depends on the style and source of content and which means no because the question was an absolute but yeah uh so the context here uh the berserk outcard gave was so i'm playing monster hunter world and a lot of the content they patched in over the years has now almost been forgotten or obsoleted by more recent iceborne the more recent iceborne expansion it's led to a lot of bloating in the mid game as far as i can see i'm not all the way to the new master slash g rank so might have a different opinion when I get right to the end. I'm a big Monster Hunter fan, but I reckon some people will just not get to experience the real end game in a lot of Monster Hunter or similar games. Another example is Kickstarter games. I love Metroidvania and Castlevania games, but something about the content in Bloodstar- uh, Bloodstain from the Kickstarter made it feel more disparate and diluted, like the Lauren world building is all over the place because they've had to put paintings of real world back or backers or their pet cats. Listen, I will fight to the death for those pet cats. Those things are adorable. I was going to say, I <laughs> love that, but yes. And... Uh, I mean, the fact that the poltergeists were all just random people. Yeah. yeah. Like, those didn't bother me because, like, the, the lore... I, I came to it for strange. And so the fact that it was strange was exactly what I wanted. But I can see where it might bother people who were wanting a more cohesive lore. Uh, any good example? I'm talking oh. about Bloodsta- um, Bloodstained, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the castle was just all over the place. Yeah, it's a wild thing, and it's like it's very much in the tradition of Castlevania, Iga's Castlevanias, where like the castle will have some things that make perfect sense, and some things that are like I have no idea what this is doing here. Uh, oh, there were lots of things that you had to wonder why, and more like how can this physically fit together? Castle is a creature of chaos, um, and then they actually lampshaded that and said, "Yeah, well, it's it's literally a castle straight out of hell. What do you expect?" Pretty much. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, but then that brings to, uh, to the secondary question. Any good examples of expansions of con- or content done right? Where you not experienced some of the remastered added areas or content in some cases. I mean, most most of the time, the added content feels very tacked on. Um, instead, focusing on the main game and then moving on to another game. I'm also playing Skyrim again on Switch, so I can make myself experience that added content I never got around to. Yeah, I've never gotten around to that DLC. I've heard it's good, but can't speak for it. Um, good additional content. Well, I raved about Persona 5 Royals additional content earlier this year. Uh, which I thought was good in part because like it's answering a meaningful question proposed by the game's theme themes, but unanswered in its core narrative. So I think that that was a very good addition because it like addresses something that's not necessarily a problem in the game, but does represent like a question that's left behind. Um, speaking to your thing about uh, bloated mid games, one of the things that's amused me that like this is a, this is a good thing by all accounts, but it does amuse me that Final Fantasy XIV is patching out content. Uh, <laughs> really, they are, rem- they are removing a number of like fetch quests that were between like the base game and I think its first expansion, something like that. But, like, it was a period where they had just, like, relaunched and they were trying to make clear that they had, like, that they had every intention to just keep uh, keep supporting the game. And so they just kept patching in, like, uh, you know, bit by bit a bunch of quests. Uh, and, like, at the time that made sense. But at this point, it means that there's, like, a giant gap of kind of filler pointless quests that no one really likes between the fir- the base game and its first expansion. And, like, you kind of have to, if you're going to do the story, you got to play it in order, so you have to just keep slogging through those, and a lot of people drop off. So they're patching them out. They are patching out a bunch of the ones that they don't consider terribly relevant. And <laughs> that amuses me a great deal. Um, Destiny's so. actually doing that, too. Yeah, because at some point it's like, and I appreciate that, because it's an understanding that sometimes it there are things that you just that just aren't worth doing. Yeah. Those are like living games and you know, adding content is great, but I see no reason not to remove terrible or pointless content. It's one of those situations where like you're kind of in between a rock and a hard place because no matter how bad a quest it is, it's someone's favorite. It's true. And so I can I can see why like a lot of games don't want to do that, and then you get into the question of like if you're trying to avoid that problem, how do you structure the new content? Because right. like you don't want to intimidate new players, but you also want them to be able to try the new content. Like because like adding new content is an onboarding process for new players. Like player the game gets back in the news, new players investigate it, and like. They want to, like, if they have friends who play it, which is the easiest way to get them in, those friends probably are already ready to do the new content, which means the new content has to be for high-level players. <coughs> but that also means that new players can't play it. So now you have to have <laughs> mechanisms to get the new players to do the new content. Like, I, I don't envy anyone who has to work on a living game like that. Uh, like, I don't like those kinds of games. It's pro- it's for the best. Uh but you know, like my hats off to anyone who has to try to work out the balance there. It's it's yeah. 
It's a lot. Um, I wish I could see all the supposedly awesome late game content in Final Fantasy fourteen. I just don't have the patience. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, I'm trying to think of like games with good like updates, like additional content that can be purchased separately or additional content that was added in re-releases. Uh, I think most of the new content in Dragon Quest XI S is good. Uh, like I did some investigation into what was actually added, and I think most of it's good, although I wish that you had the option to uh, save some of the interstitial material that they added into the game for... Uh, to be played later at your leisure because it can be kind of a pace breaker in certain cases. Not too much of one because it's only like a couple hours, but it's still one of those like, it would be nice if you had the option. Um, let's see. Other games with uh, a, a big a big demerit to most Final Fantasy games uh, when they get re-releases <laughs> with new content. Uh special grand prize of not fun goes to basically any of the GBA Final Fantasy ports additional dungeons or if a game was based <laughs> on the GBA versions and added yet more they're somehow worse mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've got the FF1 bonus dungeons that are mostly that are randomly generated and mostly boring they're not even randomly generated they're like randomly selected but mostly boring uh, mm. And then they they did like the PSP version that was like obnoxious and also timed. Oh no! I don't know what that was for. There's uh, the Soul of Rebirth scenario in FF2, which is interesting conceptually, but just hatefully difficult. <laughs> uh, see, FF4 is kind of okay, uh, unless you count the interlude on the PSP release, which is just the most pointless piece of content um but like that that is a separate option on the menu so i won't count it as bonus content on ff4 itself uh ff5 has like the new jobs are kind of neat the game doesn't but they're restricted essentially to the post game unless you're cheating and the actual post game you can use them on is miserable uh, what, which games were those? Because I don't think I've actually played the remake on that one. Oh, what the new jobs were? They are they're, they're weird ones. They're like Cannoneer, Gladiator, Oracle, and like Necromancer or something like that. Cool. Uh, okay. Let me let me make sure that I'm remembering those right. But like, they're, they're often they have like they usually operate in very strange fashions. They're incredibly powerful, uh, but you know they rely on strange mechanics uh they're kind of neat to <coughs> mess around with once uh i played a four job fiesta that uh i i had cheated out cheated them into the roster uh because i had played a four job fiesta that allowed the advanced jobs to be possible and th they were kind of neat to mess around with they're not incredible but like it's it's fun enough uh see ff6 just added a couple of uh a couple of new espers that are like they're kind of nice to have uh the sprite the new sprites are kind of uniformly not in keeping with the rest of the game and look weird but oh well and 
it also added the like Kaiser dragon that was cut from the original really conspicuously. But the dungeon surrounding the Kaiser dragon is fucking miserable, so don't play it. Uh, I I did everything else in the GBA version, and then I got to that, and I was like, actually, I don't care anymore. I To the point where I had gotten everyone to essentially max stats in level 99, and I got to that dungeon, and I was like, this is awful. So, not recommended. Uh... Uh, now I'm just going down the list of everything that's been expanded in a Final Fantasy game. So let me just let me have this. Uh, let's see. Um, FF7. We got the expanded content <coughs> in our initial release with uh, that was Emerald and Ruby Weapons original role, and I think there was also like some stuff that was like you actually fight Diamond Weapon in the U.S. version, which I don't think happens in the Japanese version. Uh, before the international release, something like that. Uh, but uh, th- those are f- fine. They're largely inoffensive. Uh, they're kind of fun to mess around with, but I mean, like, they're not amazing or anything. I don't know what, if anything, was added to FF8 International. Same with 9. Hmm. And then FF10 International is awful. All the new content is terrible. You're terrible. I have complained about the Dark Aeons before, and guess what? I'm going to do it again. I will never stop, because just conceptually, they're terrible. But yeah. Uh, and then Zodiac Age is like its all whole own kettle of fish of additional content. And then none of the rest have... Oh, wait. Uh, FF15's DLC is, by all accounts, pretty boring. Um, I have heard that some of the episodes are kind of okay. Comrade sounds really half-baked, and then they canceled the stuff that was actually interesting-sounding. So, <laughs> uh, The end. Uh, Final Fantasy. Very mixed bag. Mostly bad. Um, do you got strong opinions on this, Wales? Nope. Uh, let's see. Dragon Quest kind of has, like, a similar history of like remakes add new content and it's very up and down as to whether it's worth pursuing. I'm going to drop yeah. a hot take here and say that, uh, the 2d mode and everything, all the extra content in there in, uh, Dragon Quest 11 is really boring. Nah, <laughs> I'd say it's mostly pretty good. Um, <coughs> yeah, I like the, I like the novelty of Tickington, uh, I think that some of the additional content at Endgame is really fun. I like all the new costumes. Uh, what was the other thing I was going to bring up? Uh, I could not possibly... Like, I remember reaching the... Wow, you just catapulted yourself to your death. You craved death there. <laughs> um, but I remember reaching the extra chapter from Dragon Quest 4 when they ported it to DS and never playing it. I have no idea as to its quality. Uh, I do, however, think that Deborah was a worthwhile addition to Dragon Quest 5. We had two very, two very like friendly 
demure wives, we needed at least one option who was absolutely ready and willing to punch you in the face. Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I would, I would consider the DQ5DS additional content to be high quality by that measure. I remember several staff members were very disappointed to find out that the third wife character was not in the movie. Yeah, I think she's kind of like, well, if you're going to reference, if you're going to appeal to nostalgia, there's not enough nostalgia for the DS version yet. Give it time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's a callback that a lot of games tended to make. It's like the pick between these two brides. They sure look a lot like the ones from DQ5. But <laughs> I will never forget uh, when I felt I had found like peak laziness of a joke than when I played 3D Dot Game Heroes where it just has that situation as a joke. There's no joke other than the existence of Dragon Quest V. <laughs> Still furious about it. It's been like a decade since I played that. Fuck that game. Uh, <coughs> wow. Very angry today. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh... Yeah, like like very up and down on bonus content. I will say, oh, I'll I'll talk. I'll bring up a game that I think has really, uh, 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 from Square that I think has a really good re-release, uh, in terms of what it added. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix. Hmm. Uh, that adds like thirteen end-game bonus boss fights, all of which are actually really good fights. But it also adds a really good new difficulty mode. Uh. Uh, I will rave about this again because it's one of my favorite things that they ever did. So Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix added a new difficulty mode that's like a mix. It's like enemy stats have the same stats as the game's vanilla hard mode. But the uh, the like it just it monkeys with how Sora's stats work. So uh, in critical mode, which is the new difficulty mode that they added, uh, it's it's not precisely a harder mode than hard, but it's not meant to be precisely easier either. Uh, basically, uh, in critical mode, Sora's maximum HP caps out at about a third of its potential maximum on any other difficulty mode. And as compensation, you get you start the game with 50 ability points, which are what you use to, like, extend your combo and determine how your, uh, like, your uh, abilities work. And so, it, uh, and then it starts you with a bunch of them, so you end up with a game that is geared towards being an action game more than it is, an, like, an RPG. Like, it, it deliberately cripples you to uh, to make you incapable of just playing it in a way where you could just raise your stats to fix things. And it, it was a really cool bonus mode because it made you completely reevaluate how you played the game, which is like what a difficulty mode should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Instead of just adding a small mountain of hit points. Yeah. So it's, it's a really, it's a really excellent mode. They've, they continued adding critical mode into the later games, uh, balanced essentially the same way that it is in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. So, 
Yeah, I, but I, I just I think that that was one of the most uh, impressive additions I've ever seen made to one of these, and it's like it's not one that's easy to advertise how much of a game changer it is and how much it allows you to play the game in a way that makes it feel fresh again. But man, I freaking love it. Uh, so yeah, just wanted to bring that up as one of my personal favorite like bonuses added to every release. Um, we got any others we want to bring up? I've been dominating this, and I apologize. No worries, no worries. I'm over here trying to figure out what I'm going to be putting together for dinner. That seems important. Yep. Anyway, we, we do have a couple of questions from Crawl on the um, on the previous podcast comment section. Okay. Add uh, a few more minutes to the kill. So... I've been playing Ocarina of Time for the first time in 20 years and have been really impressed with how well it holds up by modern standards. Albeit I'm playing the 3DS version, which I believe was slightly tidied up. My question is, how far back do you have to go before a top-notch AAA game of that era is basically comparable to a very good modern indie? To expand on that, I would say top modern indies can easily compete with the best of the 16-bit era even though many of those older games still stand up today, but does that apply to the fifth generation or even the sixth generation? I would honestly say most 16-bit era games have aged better than uh, fifth generation games. (laughs) I was about to say, if we're talking about the early PlayStation period, yeah, they probably hit that limit well before the Super Nintendo did. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I love the PS1, Saturn, and 64 era, because they're super experimental and weird, uh, mm-hmm. but like they, a lot of those games don't hold up because they're so experimental. Like they're made when there's no rule set, like not quote unquote rule set, but like there's the wild west of we're making 3D games now and we have no idea how. Uh, and and so, we're looking at your art direction. That's quite obvious, dudes. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see indie games that push into like, like the thing is that we haven't really seen indie games push into the, uh, PS1 and PS2 era aesthetically or even game design wise. We've often seen them charting a different course from the 16 bit era and adding like modern niceties to that and kind of. To the point where they don't parallel in the same way that they did for the 8 and 16 bit eras. <coughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the current indie market started off as nostalgia for 16 bit to begin with. Yeah. And they've started, they've sort of just started building on that nostalgia or making new weirder games rather than mm-hmm. making. Batmarian! Yes. <laughs> rather than making uh, mo- uh, monuments to uh, PS1 and PS2 era games. Uh, one thing I, I did, man, I was looking at, uh, Nintendo did an Indie World showcase yesterday, uh, as of this recording. And, uh, one thing that I was looking at, I got confused between two different games about cats, which good position to be in thumbs up. Uh, (laughs) one of which was basically power stone, but with cats, at least as far as I could tell from the trailer, which again, (laughs) two thumbs up. Uh, other one was kind of what I'm getting at in terms of games. Uh, a lot of indie games now are either very out of the box and date more to the more modern, uh, at least since the PS3 era of 
uh, game design or they specifically are building on much older styles. So I was looking at like this. We were I was watching a friend play a game called the uh, Calico, which is another cat-based uh, game, but it was basically a sort of wandering around. Uh, there was there's sort of quests in it, uh, but you you sort of wandered around. You built up your collection of animals that you sent back to your house, and like you sort of explored the world, and it opened up, and you know it was it was a very real chill. Uh, a very chill sort of open world kind of game. And that doesn't really map to anything on PS1 or PS2. Uh, it, it feels much more like a PS3 or 360 era design aesthetic. And even then like a very rare one, but still like uh, there, there's been no broad attempt to take up the uh, design ethos of those games in the indie space that I've seen. Uh, you'll get the occasional throwback to low poly 3D uh, designs. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, some some indie studio go knock off LSD Dream Emulator. I'm sure you'll get someone. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, and one last question for me: Which turn-based RPG bosses have you memorably had to retry several times before cracking them? And have any ultimately cracked you? Uh, <sighs> like usually, if I die fighting something, I usually end up going back and grinding it out. So I don't often just throw myself at the same boss over and over. So it's hard to think of memorable situations. I do remember this was not me in particular, but. Uh, there was a period uh, when I was in my teens that, like, a friend of the family's, like, child who was, you know, probably six or seven years younger than me was having issues with a boss fight in a game. And, like, they couldn't, they couldn't beat it, they couldn't beat it. And so, since I was, I was dumbass nerd Mr. Video Games, I was called in to try to help them beat it. And I basically had to look at their character, uh, what characters they had and what their abilities were to devise a way for them to be able to finish this fight. Which game was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think they were playing Skies of Arcadia, of all things. Okay. But I had to devise out how to finish that fight for them. And I did, eventually. I did puzzle out a way for their party that was grotesquely underleveled to finish that boss fight so that they could get through that fight and hopefully grind some levels. Uh, that's probably the most memorable I can think of. It's just like, it wasn't even my situation because, again, when I when I run into a fight that I can't win, I usually just end up grinding. <laughs> and that isn't that memorable in retrospect. Well, I remember... Magi Master in Final Fantasy VI. Oh, man. And all the various ways I tried to figure out how to get around the fact that he will just do a scorch earth on you if you beat him. Mm -hmm. Without having Phoenix yet, so I didn't have Life 3. Mm -hmm. I ended up using Rasp and Osmos until he died. Mm. That'll do it. Yes, because if you run out of MP, you die in that level. 
<laughs> it took 45 minutes. Because <laughs> he's uh, got a little He's not supposed to die that way. They don't want him to unless, unless you're real determined. Um, yeah, but every other method is... I mean, they've thought of everything else. I mean, if you berserk him, he'll just start bashing you to death. Yeah, that's always fun. And he still casts Ultima if you kill him. Yeah. If you can't survive Ultima, well... Mm -hmm. And then the answer turned out to be Vanish X-Death. Or yeah. Vanish X-Zone. Uh, yep. I even tried using the... What was it? The Stork Summon to get everyone jumping up in the air for when the... That Ultima went off. It didn't work. Um, nice thought. Timed though. it wrong, I think. Uh, well, if you get killed by Pinwheel, I reserve the right to mock you. I did not, shush. <laughs> I didn't say you had been. I just said that if it happened. Okay. It has uh, happened in the past, but we won't talk about that. I can't even imagine. Um... But uh, are you even? Uh, you're at the point where you'd have to fight. You would have to go through here, right? Yes. You didn't just come down here for fun. No. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I did just remember uh, my first time playing FF7, which is one of the first RPGs that I'd like really was determined to actually finish. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Uh, and I definitely got stuck on the demon wall in the <laughs> Temple of the Ancients, <laughs> which is a particularly bad place because you don't have a lot of grinding options there. I did yep. eventually manage it, but not a fun fight to be stuck on. Took a while. Yep. Let's see, different one. Uh, what was the name of the first Dark Lord boss in F Dragon Quest VI? Baramos, was it? That sounds right. Yeah. I remember I remember uh, getting to him around level 16 the first time. Yeah. And then level 17. And then level 18. And then level 19. I was getting about one level per time through the level, through, through the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. And couldn't beat him until about level 20 when one character learned a defense all spell. Important. Good buff. Yep. That does uh, make me think about the... Uh, just, just like, that. that is the design philosophy of Dragon Quest. It's just like, well, you lost your money, but you're stronger than you were when you started. <laughs> Uh, just, uh, just, just kind of amusing to see it illustrated in that fashion. What about you, Wheels? Do you ever get uh, real stuck on a boss? Um, Aside from the ones already mentioned in all these Souls games you're playing. Well, wasn't this specifically turn-based too? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? Uh, I mean, mostly just lots of like end game bosses. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you possibly rule out end game just because they're supposed to be yeah. massive walls to bust your head against. Uh, I was also, uh, I admit, waiting. Wow, 
I was also, I admit, when we were discussing uh, expansions, I was waiting for Wheels to bring up the game he is playing right now. Uh, I would meant to, but you kind of moved on before I could. Apologies. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll just, to go back to the good expansions and games thing, I will bring up that uh, I would consider most of the expansions from software is put out to be high quality. Especially the one for Dark Souls 1, because that's something they never intended to do. The fact that they made it work at all is impressive. It's still very weird like where you have to go to even access that. You could purchase that DLC and just never realize where it was if you didn't look it up. It's the weirdest place. But... uh... Well, you are just getting bodied by these wheel skeletons. Um, <laughs> the irony. The fucking irony. <laughs> these are the skeletons of your prior characters. Um, but yeah. Well, well uh, there goes the 50,000 souls from that boss. Turn based <clears throat> RPG got stuck on. Um, um, uh, there's a few fights in like Final Fantasy 4 and Final Fantasy 6 I think I've gotten stuck on in the past but I did not like that was as a kid I think yeah mm-hmm. like as a child there was like a part of me that didn't fully recognize the idea of like if I'm like when I was real young there was like a part of me that didn't fully recognize if I'm having trouble I can just level up and I'll have yeah. more stats and I'll have less trouble like I somehow just wouldn't make that connection in my brain, or maybe I was just too impatient. And I was just like, "No, I just want to continue. I want to get further." Grinding isn't getting further. Why would I do that? If I grind for too long, I'll have to hand the controller to my brother, and he'll play whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... <laughs> that's. Uh, I think that was how my brain worked. <laughs> As a child. Yeah. Been there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I just can't I really can't think of any standout turn based fights that I've gotten stuck on that I couldn't just like grind out to some extent. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, there was like some <sighs> when I first played Persona three. There was some like mid Tartarus boss that I got stuck on for like I, I got killed by a couple of times and I recall hating that creature yeah. oh, there they was... weren't even like named ones they were just like a palette swap of a table enemy yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh there was one recent one in Saga Scarlet Grace hmm. there's a fight against a phoenix is it against the phoenix or there's that bird related <laughs> But it's a fight where you're not you're not trying to like deal the most damage or anything and kill the thing necessarily. The whole the whole point of the fight is you have to create combos. I forget exactly what the hell you're supposed to do, but essentially you're doing something other than just killing it. So Yeah. You can't just like grind your way out of it. You have to carefully like take stock of the positions of all the enemies and how you could potentially like kill this enemy to create one of these combos. And it was very tough. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's, that's, I think that a lot of this, uh, a lot of our answers to this question kind of betray the fact that uh, a lot of the turn-based systems uh, in... A lot of turn-based RPGs, like, don't have a spectacular amount of surface-level mechanical depth. And so they can't really afford to... Uh, they can't really afford to put you in a position where, like, the average player would have difficulty, so the bosses are tuned to, like, not cause these kinds of roadblocks. Mm-hmm. And so... It's very rare to run into games that will create these kinds of roadblocks unless you were playing very poorly, which is why the the few examples that we can think of are either games that are very niche or games that we played when we were very young. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I'm trying to think of even some action games, uh, action RPGs. And, like, for the most part, it's like, okay, I beat it. and Or I watched it for the first after i died the first two times i just paid close attention and then, then i beat it yeah uh, uh, i mean i my i i actually have trouble understanding the rage quit mentality some people have yeah i don't usually rage quit but i will sometimes like decide i just don't care enough <laughs> like, yeah. it's not like oh i'm so angry i'll never play this again for me it's just like i stop playing and then when i come back it's like ah eh, whatever Whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh... Um, Oh, I did think of another one uh, that actually, uh, like, I did overcome, but I was angry the entire time. Uh, And that was the final boss of Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse, which I've complained about on here before, is uh, kind of a bit of a... uh, a shame, given the quality of the rest of that game and the quality of the rest of that endgame. But that fight is super super arbitrary (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, like I'll I'll try to avoid the uh, the context other than that there's a lot of cutscenes that play in the middle of that fight and that's bad because Mm -hmm. it's very easy to just kind of have a bad run on that fight and it just to not work out Uh, but basically uh, the mechanical aspect of that fight is that you have a guest who has the ability like the the boss by default deflects or absorbs literally everything and you have a guest who can remove those uh those resistances and if your guest hits the same uh element twice since the press turn game that Mm -hmm. turns that element into a weakness and that's the only way you can get more press turns. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it means that the boss, because it's a bullshit endgame fi- uh, fight in a Shin Megami Tensei game, has a lot of ways to get press turns that don't even require it to exploit the weaknesses that you can't get rid of. So uh, that fight can go one of two ways. You can get a... Uh, like my successful run ended up happening because the uh, guest character did a move that gave uh, did that move enough that the final boss got a weakness to fire 
and every uh, every demon I had had a strong fire spell. So suddenly, like, I could do enough damage and get enough bonus turns to keep my head above water as compared to every other run where it was like it would just keep hitting new elements. And it's like, well, I don't need to do damage in a bunch of different elements. I need one thing to do a lot of damage. And so it was, it was just not that. Yeah, the, that that fight. I'm not even going to blame myself. That fight is badly designed. Mm. Shame. Reminds me of the final battle in uh, Persona 3. Oh, that fight I, is way too much. And I beat that on hard. That, that fight is just... Like, it's not even that it's a hard fight per se. It's just that it's such a long fight that if something goes... If something goes wrong, <laughs> you might have lost 45 minutes. Yeah. Which I think happened to you. Um, uh, several times, I think. Yeah. Uh, the bo- the final bosses of both Personas 4 and 5 are both uh, put together in such a way that they are as much, if not more so, uh, just full-on spectacles. But they they are designed to not be as hard. <laughs> so, uh, in general, they kind of work better. Once, once you invest that much in spectacle, having to sit through it a second time is the worst feeling in the world and the most boring thing. Well, I mean, uh, those games are just better in general. So, yeah. Also true. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I could think of at the last minute for that question. Uh, did we have anything else we wanted to go over? No. Um I mean, obviously, I have to put in the plug. Yeah, I was going to say, you need to plug, but I wanted to know if we had anything else we want to go into before we started ending and you'd get to do your plug. <laughs> but sounds like it's time. Okay. Sure. Okay, so final finish up with a plug for Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. A lighthearted, sort of, slightly, kind of, really meta... Um, fantasy involving a tabletop game at a pizza parlor. And that is available wherever Kindle books are sold. (laughs) Which is the internet, yes. Yep. Also there's paperbacks. Yes. Uh, For those that love their physical media. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so that's that's available. If you you do read it, uh, please uh, also leave a review for the sake of uh, that's it. For the for the sake of algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll grab that. That's as a Christmas thing. That won't be a bad idea. I got a bit of cash. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, uh, as for the rest of us, I don't think we have anything to plug other than Wheels was on a recent episode of the Backtrack. Yes. Look forward to it. Talking about uh, Xenoblade Saga 2, which I finished this Chronicles, year. Chronicles, which is not the same uh, thing. Uh, whatever. It's late. Brain no worky. I keep dying in Tomb of Giants. Brain never worked. Also, you have died on the same jump like five times. It's incredible. Is it a jump? Um, I don't remember where the hell's going. This I think you're supposed area. to make a jump. Do you have a skull lantern at least? No. This area is the worst. Oh, yeah. No. No one likes it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, as for... 
us uh, questions, go in the comments section or in the uh, or in the uh, our podcast section of the RP Gamer Discord. Um, we we try to read all your questions. Uh, if you ever are dissatisfied with the answer we gave, feel free to ask for clarification or re-ask or what have you, or just call me an asshole, and I'll probably uh, I'll probably work out what's going on. Um, but uh, special thanks again to our questioners this week, which were Berserk, Alucard, and Kroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave Fireminer a rest this week. I am sure that they will be back with a vengeance at some stage. Um, I mean, we only have how many questions left? Actually, did we do numbers 29 and, tw- uh, and 30? I think so. I'll check. But... It's the ones about the Japanese Self-Defense Force? Yeah, yeah, we've done that. Uh, okay. Right, I'll just mark those done, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, and eventually the episode where we answered a bunch more of those for Fireminer will go up. Uh, yeah. It's not gone up as of this recording, but by the time you hear it, this, it will have gone up because that's how numbers work. Uh, it looks like yeah. we've got maybe four questions left on the, the long-ass list. Yeah, and I think they're mostly like uh, essentially bonus questions or things we forgot to mark down. But we'll, yeah. we'll check it next week in case... Uh, Worst comes to worst, we can just go back to any question we feel like we have more to expound on. Uh, But, yeah. So, uh, otherwise, I think that about does it. Speed it, Space Cowboy. Constant pressure every day Takes all my strength not to walk